Good afternoon, everyone. How are we? Fantastic. Uh, so I don't know if you guys, how many of you guys were here in September when I preached the last Sunday I was here then? A few of you, right? I know there was at least a couple. And I said then that for whatever reason, God had just not allowed me to be a stranger to this place. And then I ended up coming back for the year. And probably some of that reason is that beautiful lady right there. (laughs) And now that I'm marrying into the family, God really won't allow me to be a stranger to this place. So although this is my last Sunday officially on staff here, um, working with the pantry and whatnot, uh, I I can assure you that I I don't think we're going to be very far, you know, whether that's coming back to visit mom and dad or that's just coming back to help out when that's needed. I don't think you've seen the last of me. And so that brings me great joy that this isn't a goodbye. It's just a simply see you later. But I am excited to give the word. I do. I thank you guys for allowing me to come and serve and uh, minister and, and just be with each of you guys over the last year. No doubt, probably the craziest year in a lot of our lives, right? And so I wanted to conclude my, my time here in the pulpit uh, on staff with a simple message just simply titled, God's Got You. And we're just going to talk about God as our keeper. And, and I don't know what 2021 will bring. I don't think anyone really has it quite figured out yet, right? This could either be the year of hope and greatness, and, and this could be awesome, and, and just thank goodness 2020 is over, or it could just be the part two of a really scary movie that we're about to jump into. And so I just want to proclaim this Psalm 121 and just hopefully give each and every one of us that know Christ and and know God as Father a, a glimmer of hope and a glimmer of peace that even no matter what the circumstance, God's got you, right? God's gonna take care of you. God's gonna see us through. God is going to look after us. And so that doesn't mean that things are always gonna go our way. How many Uh, people in this room, things didn't quite go your way in 2020, right? But that doesn't mean that God ever stopped watching after you. That doesn't mean that God fell asleep or that God wasn't uh, there for you in those times. But he's leading us through that and he's walking us through that for a specific purpose. And what a peace it's been in my life over the years and and over recent times where I had a a church that I left that I thought I was going to be at for a long time. When I I came here, when I went to the Philippines, that I could rest assured that God had me. Right, That he wasn't going to let me go. He wasn't going to just leave me to whatever fate might have for me. But no, he's, he's numbered my steps. He's numbered my days. He knows what is in store. And in this Psalm 121, we see that he is guarding us. He's keeping us. He's looking after us. And so I want to read this and then open with prayer. And then we're just going to dive in to this beautiful psalm. Scripture says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Will you pray with me? Father, we do thank you so much for your word. 
Father, I thank you that as we come to this psalm, we see you as a keeper. We see you as a a guarder, someone watching out for us. What a beautiful truth that is, that the, the God that made heaven and earth is looking after us. So Lord, I do thank you for this word. I thank you that uh, the time spent here in this place ministering and uh, working with these dear people. Lord, I just pray that for those of us that that don't know this, that don't know God as keeper and and know God as father, that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, we do love you so much. I pray for those that do know you that this would be just a sense of peace and a sense of safety in an uncertain time. We love you, Lord, and we pray this all in your son's perfect and holy name. Amen. So this is a part of uh, uh, a 15 psalms, starting in 120, uh, going up to 134, that's called the Songs of Ascent. And so really what, what this song would have been a part of would have been when uh, the Israelites were journeying to Jerusalem. And so immediately we get this picture of lifting your eyes to the hills. And what that would be is if they were on their journey and they were going towards Jerusalem, it was up on a hill. And so really, no matter where you would have been coming from, uh, the east, south, west, whatever, you would have been looking up to Jerusalem. And so the first two verses, we see this pilgrim. We see this confession of trust, right? He asks this question, from where does my help come? And, And it's really a rhetorical question that he answers immediately after. And he says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so where does, where does his help come from, right? It's not coming from the mountain. It's not coming from Jerusalem. It's not coming uh, that he's going on this journey. But where does he simply lay out that his help is coming from? The Lord. And, and who is that? Who is this person, Yahweh, that uh, he is establishing as God and as, as Lord? The one who made heaven and earth. Right? What, what a beautiful thing that this, uh, this trust and this confession and this promise here is that the God who made heaven and earth is also the one where we get our help. Right? And so whether you've got uncertain times, whether you've had people battling with COVID or the election has shook you up or whatever might be going on in your world in 2021, you can rest assured if you know Jesus Christ that your help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. What a beautiful truth and a peace that comes with that, right? Right, like there's, there's some really helpful people in this room, right? I can look at uh, Bill and Mrs. Jones. I can look at Cherie. I can look at Jake. And they're all very helpful, but I don't think there's a better peace in the world than knowing that my ultimate help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. What a blessing that is. And then it shifts into verses 3 through 8. It shifts uh, to a response to this person, right? So uh, we see in the first two verses, I and my, and he's establishing whoever this pilgrim is that's uh, more than likely journeying to Jerusalem. But then in verses 3 through 8, this priest or worship leader or whoever is responding to this person is responding to him. It's no longer an I, it's no longer a my, but it's going to say things like, your and you. And, and so we need to pay great attention to how are they responding to this person confessing this trust that they have put in their Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so then in verse 3, it says, he will not let your foot be moved. And, and if you guys, all of us are walking, and so you can't move anywhere without your foot going somewhere first, right? 
And, and so what this really is, is it's, it's saying you are planted, right? That, that God is not going to let you go anywhere that, that God does not have, right? He's going to guard your footsteps. And if he's guarding your footsteps, he's guarding where you're at. He will not let your foot be moved, some other commentaries I was reading that was saying that because Jerusalem and the area was surrounded by mountains and rocks, and if you've ever walked up a mountain or climbed a trail, how important is it that you have good footing? It's very, very important. And so it could also be this idea of, hey, as you make this journey, as you climb the hill, as you are on some unstable uh, terrain, he will not let your foot be moved. And then if you've done that, what, what happens when you usually fall, when your foot slips out from underneath you? No offense to Bill, but he's had some recent familiarity with this particular idea of when your foot moves from out from underneath you. What happens? It ends up in a fall. It ends up in a disaster. It ends up in a mess. And in the, the person responding here is saying, God, the Lord, the maker of heaven and of earth, will not let your foot be moved. He's got you, right? He's holding you down. He's giving you your stability. He's giving you that foothold that we need. And then he says, he who keeps you will not slumber, right? The one that's guarding, the one that's watching out for you, uh, the one that's keeping you, he's not going to sleep. He's not going to sleep. And then it goes, and it goes to a bigger version of this, and it just says, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. So we see in verse 3 that he's saying, your keeper, he's kind of saying, hey, as an individual, he's not going to let your foot be moved. He's not going to slumber, the one that's keeping you. But then in verse 4, he goes on to this idea of, behold, he who keeps Israel, he who keeps his people, will neither slumber nor sleep. And, and I find this particular response very interesting. And I have a quote that I really like from the um, New International Commentary on the Old Testament, and it says this, We can rest safely knowing that our God never falls asleep on us. Man sleeps, a sentinel may slumber on his post by inattention, by long-continued wakefulness, or by weariness. A pilot may slumber at the helm, even a mother may fall asleep by the side of the sick child. But God is never exhausted, never weary, Never inattentive, he never closes his eyes on the condition of his people on the wants of the world. Right? I, I don't know, hopefully none of us have been on a plane where the pilot fell asleep. But, but the truth is that as great and as awesome as people in this world can be helpful to us, they have a time where at the end of the day they kind of expire, Right? that they need to rest, they need to sleep, that they're not going to always be right there to keep helping you. But, but the beautiful and glorious truth of this is that we have an all-knowing and all-existent God and that he never falls asleep. He never falls asleep on the wheel and then wakes up and says, oh no, what happened? How, how did coronavirus get there? Oh, how, like, he's never sitting there scratching his head, not understanding what happened, right? He's always constantly in control. He's constantly working things together for our good as we see in Romans 8. And so what a great blessing that we can rest in that even when we're sleeping, even when we're going through something, God is not asleep. God is not slumbering. And one of my favorite stories of the entire Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 20, we're not going to uh, flip there, but we see Elijah defeating the prophets of Baal. 
And, and so he issues the prophets of Baal. There's 450 of them. He issues them a challenge, and he says, hey, whichever God puts fire down first uh, starts this fire. That is the real, true, living God. That, that is him. And in one of the funniest and almost sarcastic things, uh, the prophets of Baal get to go first, and they start dancing around and cutting themselves and losing their minds, trying to get this uh, Baal to wake up, right? Get them to listen, get them to cast fire down uh, so that they might prove that, hey, this is the real God. And then what's interesting is Elijah starts taunting them. And he says, hey, is he asleep? Is he, is he possibly in the restroom? Is he, like, has he gone away on vacation? Like, like this is in the Bible. Elijah's like, what, what's going on? Where is he? And, and then Elijah starts pouring water on, on this fire. He starts dumping things out, and they're in the middle of a drought, and everyone's like, why are you dumping water out? He had, he had faith in God, right? His God was not asleep. His God was not going to leave him hanging, and then sure enough, what happens on this damp and wet and, and uh, pile of wood? God casts down fire and God shows who God is. He was not asleep. He did not leave Elijah hanging. And, and what's interesting in that, and this is just a side note, um, as far as idols and other gods and things that you might be worshiping is, they were cutting themselves. They were, they were going insane in that story to try to get their God to respond and what always happens with idols and false gods and other things is they always take away and they can never deliver. Right? But God is overly gracious. God over and over again delivers. Right? If he takes something away, it's because he's going to replace it. Like uh, we'll see later in this text that he, he gives us a new creation. Right? So he might take away our old life, but it's because he's replacing it with something better. But not, not idols. Not that not bail, not, not these things in your life. They're always going to take away and end up uh, in your demise, in your destruction, and, and you're going to end up in a mess. But not God, not the maker of heaven and earth, not the one who does not sleep on his people. He is good to deliver. He, he is good. He is always watching out for us. And then in verse 5, it goes back down to him responding to this individual singing this psalm. And, and he says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. And so it goes from this broad picture of the flock of Israel of uh, showing us that God watches out his entirety people. That would be the church. That would be uh, the believers around us. That God, he's not just watching after Jackie or myself or uh, Cherie, but he's watching after his entire flock. And then it goes a little bit more personal here. It says, the Lord is your keeper. Individually, right? The Lord is your keeper. He's watching after you. He's guarding you. He's looking after you. And the Lord is your shade on your right hand. And so this would have been appropriate in that time in Israel with, with a really daunting sun coming down. And if any of you have been out on a hot day, what is any better than shade? Right? And so he's in the Lord's shadow. The, 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 the Lord is his shade. He's finding safety in the Lord. Right? What, what a blessing that is, that, that this person is responding and saying, hey, even when it's hot, even when uh, you can't seem to cool down, when you can't get a break, the Lord is your shade on your right hand. The Lord is still looking after you. He's still taking care of you. 
Right, we could even go back and what does God provide for the Israelites as they're walking through uh, when they escape from Egypt? A pillar of a cloud during the day, right? God goes before them. God is looking after them. God is taking care of them. Verse 6, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. We have, we have two really ways that we split our days up, right? We have the sun that is over us by day. We have the moon by night. God is looking over and he's saying, hey, nothing is going to happen to you. Nothing's going to strike you by the sun by day and nothing's going to strike you by the moon by night. Right? He's covering the entirety of our 24-hour day. Like over and over again, it's saying, hey, God's got you. God is looking after you. Right? And I like to watch um, like survivor shows. And so there really are two, when you're out in the middle of the wilderness, you can think of it like this. There's really two um, things that can happen to you because of the sun or because of the moon. When it's really hot out, you can become overheated. Right? And, it, and it can lead to your death. But God's saying, hey, I got you. And when, it get, when the sun goes down, it can get really cold. And then you can end up freezing. Right? You can become hypothermic. And so God is saying, hey, no matter whether it's the sun, whether it's the moon, whatever is going on around you in this day, hey, I've got you. I'm looking out for you. I'm going to keep you. He is our keeper. The sun will not strike you by day and the moon will not strike you by night. What a a great truth of this psalm. In verse 7 it says, the Lord will keep guard. He will keep you from all evil. And so we've talked about this in messages that I've preached before, but uh, every single command in this, what is it trying to do? It's trying to keep you away from evil. Right? What a gracious gift that God gives us in his word, that he gives us the Bible to try and keep us from evil, that he's guarding us from evil, that God's putting this hedge of protection around his people, around us as individuals, that he might guard us and keep us and look out for us. And and so how do we find out what evil is? If you want to know what to avoid and where to go and how to stay in that safe place, get into the Bible. I know Bill's issued a challenge to you guys to just uh, devour your Bibles this year. Get into them. Start your morning with them. Start your days. And and if you do that, man, you're going to start your day off better. You're going to know what to look out for and how to guard it. God's going to continue to renew your mind. Getting in your Bible is essential and it's important. And and God gives us this promise that, hey, I'm going to keep you and I'm going to guard you from all evil. God is going to guard us from evil. And then in verse 7, I love this particular uh, tag at the end. It says, he will keep your life. And so this is the same word, uh, if many of you probably don't remember, but I preached a message on the 23rd Psalm, probably back in September. And this is the same word as translated into soul in Psalm 23. And in Psalm 23, we see that God restores my soul. And so what a beautiful thing this is that in, in these Psalms and in the Bible, we can see that the same God who restores your, song or your soul in Psalm 23 is the same God who guards your life, your soul, in Psalm 121. And then if we want to go even farther back to Genesis chapter 2 when God's creating uh, man and we're seeing how that's coming to be, God is the one that creates us. So God creates us, he restores us, and he guards our life for those of us that know him. 
what, what a beautiful thing to rest in that God's not only our creator, he's also our restorer, and now he's our garter, he's our keeper. He's looking out for us. What, what, a, what a beautiful, beautiful picture that is of the gospel, right? That, that as creation that we went away and then God restores us. And if you remember uh, the Psalm 23 one, it gives this picture of a sheep. And, and sheep do this weird thing where, the, where they will end up on their back. And, and then if the shepherd doesn't get to them in time, they'll die. Because gases build up and, and something about their blood and, and the sheep will die. And so part of the shepherd's job is to go and flip the sheep back over, and that's restoring the sheep's life. But then as a shepherd, then also what's his job? To guard the sheep, to look after the sheep, right? We talked about that earlier in the New Testament. We see Jesus as the great shepherd and us as his sheep, and Christ is watching over us. He's guarding us. So he's not only the one that restores us, he's also the one that we're trusting to take care of us. And he's looking out for us. And what's beautiful about this, guys, is we know from Hebrews that he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Right? And so when he restores us, when Christ makes us new, when we have that uh, time in our life where we call out to God and and we receive the Holy Spirit and we become saved, he, he starts the salvation in us and then we know that he is faithful to perfect it, that we are gonna persevere because the the book tells us that we are gonna persevere. And, And so Christ is guarding us. He's watching us. He's, he's going to make sure that for those of us that are believers that we are going to get to the finish line. Right? That when we cross over into eternity or Christ comes back, that, that he is keeping his flock for the Lord. He's keeping his flock for the Father. In verse 8 it says, The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in. So think of it this way. When you're leaving your house this morning to come to church, right? You're going out. And then when you're on your way back to your house from the church, you're going to be coming in, right? And so again, we get this picture like we did earlier with the sun and the moon where it engulfs the entire uh, 24-hour day that we have as people. We get this idea that, hey, you're either going to be going out or you're going to be coming in. And so again, it's saying that the Lord is going to keep you when you're going out and when you're coming in. So you're going to be doing one of those two things. Right? If this was about the pilgrimage and we're seeing that they're going out uh, from Jerusalem and then they're going to be coming into Jerusalem, it's saying, hey, I'm going to guard you on the journey in. I'm going to guard you on the journey back out. And so it engulfs really the entirety of what they might be doing with their day, with their business, with their journey that they're going on, that God will keep you when you're going out and when you're coming in. And so what, an ent- what a beautiful thing that really what this is saying is God's got you entirely covered. That, g- that God is keeping you uh, entirely covered, whether by uh, the day during the, with the sun or at night with the moon or when you're going out or when you're coming in, God has got you covered. He's keeping you. He's watching over you. And then in verse 8, from this time forth and forevermore. Right, so for from now and forever, God's got you covered when you're going out, when you're coming in, when, when it's night or when it's day, God has you covered. And, and really what this should give us is a peace, but also a boldness as Christians. Right, that's what we see throughout the Bible, and that's what we see in the New Testament, is that people are overly bold because they know that God is watching out for them. 
And so while we might not know the outcome as Christians, that there really is this idea that, hey, even though it's not in our hands, we are in the hands of the one who's got it all under control. Right? What, what a blessing that is. And so one of my favorite books is called Risk is Right. And, and what that goes on to really say, it's just a very short little booklet, about 60 pages. But what the author unpacks and uh, de- develops in that book is that, hey, because God's got it under control, because he's keeping us, because he's guarding us, risk is right for us as human beings. And also what he says in that is that we risk every single time we go out our door, right? Right, like we, we can trust that God has us, that gar- God's guarding us, that he's keeping us. But when we leave our door and we get in the car, we go on the subway, we uh, get on an airplane, we, we, we don't know what that engulfs, right? We pray and we hope that it'll uh, result in us getting to whatever destination we're going to safely. But that is a risk, And so my encouragement for us in 2021 is that we would live life. Yes, we want to be wise and discern and be smart about things, but we can be bold. And we can have a little bit of risk in our lives because we know that God is keeping us. Right, And that long after this physical life is gone, God is still going to keep us as believers. He's going to be keeping our soul for eternity. He's going to be holding on to us. Uh, as that scripture in Revelation, the dwelling place of God is with man. God is going to be dwelling with us. God is going to be looking after us. He's going to be taking care of us. Right, And that, that's the boldness that the Apostle Paul had, that the other disciples had, that they, that they knew that, hey, nothing on this side of heaven, nothing on this earth that you do would separate us from our God. That risk is right because all you can do is hurt my body, but you can't hurt my soul. Right? What a blessing and what good news is that. And over and over again, if you begin to read your New Testament, you're going to see that, that people in the New Testament had this wonderful joy and this wonderful boldness about them because they knew that God had them, that God was going to take care of them. Right? And that didn't mean they were going to live a long life. That didn't mean that they weren't going to be tortured. That didn't mean that uh, bad things weren't going to happen. The Apostle Paul shipwrecked. He got bit by snakes. He got whipped uh, 39 times, right? One short of getting killed. Like, the Apostle Paul had a horrible life, but it never wavered that he knew that God had him, that God was holding him. And so my hope and my prayer as we go through 2021 as believers, that people would see something different in us. Not that we're not wise, not that that we're unloving and, oh, I'm not going to wear a mask because I don't care. No, no, no. We, we, we have a, a, a duty and a delight to show off Christ's goodness and his love to the world around us. But that we might live with boldness and, and joy and peace that God is our keeper. That he created you, he restored you, and now he's guarding you. And he, and he is surely going to guard each and every one of us that have believed until either he comes back or until we meet him in eternity. Would you pray with me? Father, we do thank you.